This is week three of our summer series that we have called Grace Under Pressure. It's Monday, June 27th. This week we're going to track with the Apostle Paul for at least part of our time as we see how he's confronted by the Lord. He's traveling on the road from Jerusalem to Damascus. And to understand this moment, we need to know what a stubborn man Paul was. I remember as a young parent bracing myself when our first child was about to enter the terrible twos. Actually, this time our came before our child actually reached two years of age. We had an early adopter in our family. Oh, great. This is the time when we discovered that our child had a strong will. Yes, our child used that word no more than we did. There seemed to be this continual grasping for control. It's time to eat dinner. No. It's time for bed. No. No. Yes, a double no. We were tested over and over again. And this is what we learn about life. We learn we have a will. We can make decisions. And we want to control the world around us. Now, when you think of the Apostle Paul, think strong-willed and controlling. Here's our scripture for today, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 to 17. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me, with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor, glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now the story of Paul is one filled with self-will, with the desire to control his world, the desire to control others. You see, Paul thought he was right. He couldn't be wrong. Actually, using a temperament tool I use, Paul is considered what is called the creative pattern. Because many of our most creative types have this temperament. Well, what is this creative pattern? Well, first they're dominant. That means they love action, they love to move forward, even if that may mean that they may run roughshod over others. But second, they believe they are right, always right. And the combination of this dominance and being right makes for an explosive combination. Okay, (laughs) I think we can see the conflict that's coming. You see, Paul was so convinced of his right standing with God that he needed to prove that others had it wrong. He became so anxious about this that concerns transformed into conflict. And soon Paul was endorsing a program to weed out the new followers of Jesus. He struck out against Christians. Not too much later, he became one of the leaders of this movement. 
And this is what sent Paul to the city of Damascus. He heard that Christians were meeting there, so he sought from the Jewish council the appropriate permission. He wanted to go there. He was going to hunt them down. Now, of course, this happened before Jesus met Paul on the Damascus road. Talk about a conflict of wills. Jesus appeared to Paul personally to confront Paul about his persecution of Christians. And this is why Paul writes as he does to Timothy. Jesus showed Paul extraordinary mercy to confront him and to pour his grace into Paul's life. The most self-righteous person received amazing grace from Jesus. What an astounding moment this must have been. Yes, we are all willing, that means we have wills, willing creatures. God gave each of us a will with strength and passion to carry out our wishes. Now, it's for this reason that we do not easily give up our will to God. We don't easily turn our lives over to God's control. We've always done lives, our lives ourselves. And maybe we are more willful and determined than Paul himself. This may be the greatest obstacle to leading a spirit-controlled life. You see, we relish the idea of being in control of our own lives, making our own decisions. We pride ourselves on getting things done, being capable. We don't plan on surrendering to anyone for any reason. I like the words of that old hymn. It's entitled, Make Me a Captive Lord. It goes like this. Make me a captive Lord, and then I shall be free. Force me to render up my sword, and I shall conquer or be. I sink in life's alarms when by myself I stand. Imprison me within thine arms, and strong shall be my hand. I think that's the surprise, isn't it, of surrender. When we surrender our wills to the Lord. You surrender in the end means victory, because God can do in us what we could not do for ourselves. You see, Paul thought he was on a mission going to Damascus, trying to root out Christians. He thought he was actually serving God. But instead, God gave him an even greater purpose and mission to carry out. He was meant to carry the gospel across the Gentile world. His surrender to God became the beginning of a whole new life. One built on God's power and filled with purpose. And that's where we start this week. Paul calls himself a blasphemer. He calls himself a persecutor and an insolent opponent. But the Lord confronted Paul and broke him down and prepared him for something even greater. And that's what Jesus does when he comes to us. Our surrender becomes victory. We find ourselves no more free than when we are taken captive by Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we're grasping for life. We're holding on with everything we have. And in Jesus, you show us that when we fall, we fall upward to you. Reveal to us your power in our weakness and your love in our brokenness. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>